Welcome back to this edition of the KYR Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, We have a few initiatives that uh, are new to 2021 this year here at KYR. And one of them is a renewed focus on realtor safety. I'm learning as we go this year that uh, safety is a culture. Uh, And heading up the new realtor safety committee here at KYR is Kathy Corbett, a realtor here in Kentucky, and she is joining us today along with the staff liaison for the safety committee, Suzanne Reeves, uh, joining us today to kind of tell us uh, some tips and and a little bit about the safety committee and kind of what it is, what it does, and why it's here. So ladies, thanks for joining today. I appreciate you being here. Hi, Suzanne. Great to be here. Yes, happy to be here. But yes, Kathy, so uh, just to give everyone a little background on where Kathy came from, if you're not aware, she started working in the nuclear power industry, the the safest industry in the world at the ripe age of 18, before leaving to become a senior partner in a safety consulting firm. She was the licensing and safety director for the largest nuclear utility in the nation. As a lead consultant, she worked in several high-risk industries, including chemical, um, petrochemical, medical transportation, uh, food service, and more in over 23 countries. She is a published author in the medical industry with the first book that incorporated human error reduction into the safety strategies for the medical industry. Focusing on how to prevent issues for her is second nature. She is thrilled to have the opportunity to add value to Kentucky Realtors, focus on safety for all our members. And we are very thrilled to have her as our chair in this first year of safety committee. So welcome, Kathy. Thank you, Suzanne. Thank you, Suzanne. I'm just so happy to be in an industry where I don't have to wear a t-shirt that says my mom works at a new plant, but only my t-shirt glows. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy, I didn't even know that all that about you. I knew very little of that. So uh, that's impressive. What what don't you do <laughs> is the first question I have. Oh, it's funny. As a consultant, um, I came out of the nuclear power industry. It is the safest high-risk industry in the entire world. We had an amazing safety and reliability record. And at the ripe old age of 35, they sent me to college to get a degree in psychology so I could be part of the international teams that focused on human air reduction and nuclear power across the planet. So I was really very fortunate to have some wonderful opportunities. I can tell you that safety in any language needs to be a priority long before we need it. It's one of those things that is hard to sell because prevention of an item before it happens is not on anybody's radar screen. Yeah, and I can imagine coming uh, coming up in that industry, just how that ingrained safety into your just thinking. At every day when you wake up, it, it, it must just put it forefront. In my DNA. Exactly. So why the focus on safety for Kentucky Realtors now? Was there an incident that led up to this? What, 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 why are we where we are now? There were 
were a couple of incidents that happened across the nation in uh, year before last. And as Lester Sanders was um, our president for Kentucky Realtors in 2020, he initiated what's called a PAG or a president's advisory group to look at this issue for Kentucky Realtors and see if we were well positioned. And smartly so, because we have not had major incidents that resulted in major injury or death in the state. But we also found we have very little focus on safety as an actual practice. Um, less than a quarter of the members of NAR answered that they had any kind of leadership on safety. And only about half of our Kentucky realtors said that their brokers had done anything in the way of safety training. I would so imagine. PAG led to, yeah, PAG led to the, um, the incorporation of a recommendation for a standing safety committee. And that's how we got here. Yeah, and I would imagine it, like anything else, when something happens, and I guess when is the key word, because something always happens, <laughs> then then everyone will look back and say, why didn't we do something sooner? And I think it's um, it's incumbent upon, you know, folks to, you know, in, in a leadership role as yours to to kind of look ahead and say, hey, before something happens, and you, you already said it, uh, let's focus on this so that at least someone has thought this out, maybe has a plan in place so that um, it, it, it either mitigates some damage from a situation or can even prevent. That's right. Nothing's a problem till it's a problem. So our choice is to get ahead of that and have a very clear mission and a very clear vision for where we're headed as a committee. That's great. Now, I know your our first in-person meeting happened this year uh, at the summer meeting uh, just a few weeks ago in, in French Lake, Indiana, and it was kind of the first, uh, you know, splash by the committee, uh, you know, kind of seeing some some collateral and some signage and, and, and some people talking about this. How, did, how was your experience with that? How, how was that received? It was actually um, better than I thought it was going to be. We were strategically positioned right near the sign-in table, which was helpful. So we had an opportunity as people would sign in and they turned around to look at us to kind of grab their attention and say, hey, safety is an issue. It's a culture, but it starts with you understanding that there's something that you can do immediately to change your behavior that will actually give you the opportunity to be safer on the job. And we focus our committee work in four key areas. We're focusing on the culture change because we know behavior goes where reinforcement flows. So we're working on culture changes from the top down, from our leadership on down through principal brokers to our members and those agents. And we're also working with the agents directly from the bottom up to train them on the top 10 things they could do that would help to lead to a better outcome for them on the job should they have a safety incident. And some of the things that the uh, committee is actually working actively on that were very well received at the summer business meeting are our tools and techniques and our equipment. We had some taser flashlights there, which all of my agents use. Everybody needs a flashlight on the job. The ones I give to my agents just also happen to have a very powerful taser on them. So if they did have an issue, our my goal as their broker is to let them get back to their car and get away. Not to stay there and fight an incident, but just to be able to get away. Those were very well received. We also had some of the standard things like pepper spray and some birdie alarms there that are used by several of our agents, actually, and several of our members. Um, we also had some training opportunities available to people. Situational awareness is incredibly important in safety. If you can take 10 seconds to evaluate the situation that you're walking into, many times you'll give your gut a chance to register what you're looking at. 
And if your gut says, you know what, I'm not completely comfortable with this, it's entirely appropriate to back up a little bit and maybe take an, a second look at what you're about to do. Might be something as simple as letting a client go into the house first and you don't go into the basement with them if you're not comfortable with that. These are things that we're gonna be working on at the committee level throughout the year. And it was just fun to see people's initial reaction to them. That's good. I would imagine, uh, you know, you said kind of take a second and assess, you know, situa situational awareness. Um, and when you get that feeling, I, I, I haven't taken a safety course, but I'm guessing you're gonna tell me, trust your gut, right? <laughs> yes. Yes, I can tell you that they. I live in a very rural area. My three companies service two lakes on either side of a fairly small city. We have had some situations out here that were unsafe for us. They weren't big deals, but they were definitely gut checks for us. And so we've recognized the value in that gut check. And I've always told my agents and the agents around the area that come to me for safety awareness training, trust that gut because your instincts are a very powerful tool. Your brain is constantly surveilling. And if you can take that 10 seconds for situational awareness, um, it's very, very useful. We had an agent, not local to me, but that reported to me that she had shown a house and was headed out of it and a white panel van with six men pulled up and blocked her car in. She did not expect to see a white panel van pull up. Nobody had told her there would be a follow-on showing. She instantly went back in the house and closed the door and locked it, called 911. And as the sirens came up the street, the panel van left. So her gut check was very useful to her that day. Wow. And I know, um, you know, I've heard several different realtors talk about situations just like that, things that happen. People always, I think, like to share, oh, listen, you know, this happened to me and, and this is what I learned from that situation. And I think I remember you telling a story about how e even situational awareness when you're not in person with someone, when you're when you're getting details about a meeting coming up, or if someone asks you to meet them somewhere, there there often are some red flags that pop up. Whether you catch them at first or whether later you you think, oh, I should have noticed that this was off. Can, can you give an example of something like that that you might have experienced? Yes, it was actually communicated to me not too long ago by a member of uh, of Elbar who called and and actually asked her leadership to contact me and had said that she received a phone call from a man who wanted her to list a property. She, like me, is a broker owner of a smaller office. She likes to train her newer agents by taking one along on a call like that. And so she had let this individual seller know that she'd be bringing another agent with her. And he said, no, no, you won't. You'll be coming by yourself or you don't come at all. Well, she got through the conversation with him. It was a red flag for her. She decided to take the person whose brokerage she was purchasing with her. It had been her mentor for many years. She got to the house, and when the seller opened the door, he was livid with her for bringing someone with her. And, of course, she immediately left, but not before he berated her in greatly for bringing someone along. She immediately communicated that back to her board, which I'm glad that she did, because that kind of information can prevent someone else from stumbling into that same situation. And in that case, her gut check that said, take someone with me was extremely important. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as a, as a listener, I would be asking, okay, so what do I need to do? What, what steps can I take? So what should all agents do to protect themselves? I mean, whether they take a course or not, what are some things that agents really need to be thinking about in terms of safety and their personal safety? 
Well, and this is where I feel very fortunate. I feel like in many cases, your previous life destines you for a position in a future life. So the hardest thing to do is to get agents who have never had an issue to recognize that once there's a problem, it's too late to learn how to plan or learn how to react. So our job today is to help agents understand that the first thing they can do to prevent an issue is don't be a Pop-Tart realtor. That is Charles Hinckley's, our current president's favorite term for what it means to get that call to either list or sell and pop up immediately doing absolutely no due diligence. So my recommendation and what I expect of my agents is they will immediately check on forewarned to see if there are red flags. They are data points. It doesn't mean that you may not meet someone, but it's definitely a data point to take into account. We even look up other agents to make sure that somebody's not posing as an agent that wants us to meet them for a showing and actually is um, intending something else. So that's something we can all do. The next thing we can do is when we get to a house or a listing appointment, take that 10 seconds for situational awareness. Be aware of your surroundings. Always understand and know that when you enter a home or a building or a property for the first time with someone you've never met, let them go ahead of you. It's, it's good courtesy, but it's also good safety. Keep yourself between them and the door so that if you do need to extract yourself from a situation quickly, you have the opportunity to do it. Don't park where you can get blocked in. It's a simple thing we can all do, but it may be important to you at a critical moment. And then from a correction standpoint, if you find yourself in a difficult situation, the most important thing we can all do is just get away to safety. That's the first and primary thing that we need to do as agents to make sure that we don't end up victims. Um, we've learned through our education and our research on the committee that most female real estate agents that find themselves in a situation are the victims of stalking. It doesn't happen after one thing, it happens over time. So paying attention to things that are starting to migrate into a position where you feel less comfortable with this individual because they're getting way too personal with you can be a red flag. And if you can start thinking along those lines, you can start protecting yourself along those lines. So prevention, detection, and then correction. Those are kind of, I'm, I'm seeing that pattern. That's correct. Okay. Um, and then I would imagine, you know, getting educated as well. Um, it, it's one thing to kind of look at these bullet points, but I'm sure there's a lot of little subcategories and things that can be done, even some training and thinking about how you might have that conversation if you need to distance yourself from someone who continues to call you or in a situation, like just how do we even approach that? It's one thing to say, hey, I'm going to get out of that situation, but what does that look like and what does that sound like from an agent uh, standpoint? when you have to draw that boundary you have to make that line um, when your gut's telling you be courteous uh, but your or your brain is telling you to be courteous but your gut's telling you to get the heck out of there you know how do you do that <laughs> and and all those things so I, I imagine you know getting educated reading the tips and, and maybe taking a course is important we do something even as simple in our office and we call it throwing a stick so you get somebody you start to get very uncomfortable with them and, and it can even happen if they just are over your experience level with what their needs are. I have primarily lake residential real estate agents, but we do get into some commercial and some farm areas and some agribusiness listings from time to time. 
if my agent's just not comfortable going there with a client, we call it throwing a stick. Let's let's throw that stick over to a different agent, to a different party who might be in a better position to help them. And if you're doing it because you're uncomfortable, let me know that and I'll know to throw that stick outside of our agency and then do as much as I can to warn other brokers in the area that, hey, we think there's a potential problem here. Just wanted to make you aware of it. I had to do that recently with an individual that scheduled 17 showings in one day around the lake where you can't even get to five listings in one day. They ranged in price from 100,000 to 600,000. In 20 years of selling real estate, I've never had anyone ask for a price range variation like that. It was an immediate red flag to me. The agent that brought that buyer was brand new. She had no idea that shouldn't be normal. And when I met this individual who, by the way, avoided meeting his agent, when I met him at the first house, which happened to be the $600,000 house, I immediately told myself and knew this is no way a realistic showing. This is an individual casing these properties. And I found a way to ask for his pre-approval and his proof of funds, which of course he didn't have. And I found a way to let him know that we could not let him into any of the showings without that information on that day. I followed up with both sheriffs in my counties and found out he is a convicted felon multiple times for theft and robbery. Wow. So yeah, the red flags like that, um, I would imagine you know, a, a new agent, like you mentioned, um, is vulnerable to that kind of a thing, or at least not seeing that. And so all, all the m more reason to communicate, communicate with your, your uh, other agents in your office, with your broker, uh, so that those kind of things are caught. Yeah, and share lessons learned. And, and a lot of the training we're going to be offering as a committee going forward and as KYR going forward is going to focus on specific strategies that people can use and tools that they can use in order to, to disengage from those kinds of issues. Great. Now, Kathy, you're a broker. Uh, so what can brokers do to help their agents uh, be safer on the job? Well, you know, it sounds really funny. I mean, I, with safety in my DNA and with the background that I have, I immediately came into this position and opening up my brokerages with a very strong focus on prevention, because I know from my past experience, prevention costs a tenth of the amount of money that correction does. I also know that it saves lives. I've seen it. I've witnessed it. I've been responsible for it. So I started out with a very simple strategy for my office manager. We live in a very rural area. We can get some odd ducks coming through our area from time to time looking for lake property and looking for places to grow marijuana and do the things they can't do in the city. And I keep a can of wasp spray at the front desk. That wasp spray shoots 25 feet. It will blind anybody temporarily. It gives my safety, my, my office managers and my new agents that are interns that are manning my front desk, a level of security. And I've also given them a back door, a way out. So our strategy is if anybody makes you feel uncomfortable and starts to do anything that resembles a physical attack, spray them in the eyes with the bee spray and go out the back door, leave them in the office. Don't care about that. Just get away. And so having that strategy in place has made my agents much more comfortable with being a nights and weekend business where many times they're there by themselves. Yeah, and it sounds like the, the, the things that you're talking about aren't complicated. They're simple things that can be done uh, to you know, protect and to you know, react to situations. Yep, 
Of course, we have the red file. You know, everybody calls it something different, but we've used that several times where if we have an agent that feels uncomfortable during a showing, they call the office and we know if they ask for the certain keyword that we use, which I'm not going to disclose, mm-hmm. that it means that they feel very uncomfortable and we need to send either Charlie or we are very fortunate that some of our agents are married to police officers. And so they have offered kindly to respond if need be. And then we have a different keyword that we use that means I'm leaving this property immediately. I will not be here. You need to notify law enforcement now that something is going on that they need to respond to immediately. And those are the two keywords that we use. Wow. Okay. Um, so planning and, and safety planning, implementation of, of safe work practices, uh, I know is underway. You know, what about associations? Uh, you know, we're, we the state association, we have the safety committee, local associations. Do they play a role in this uh, as well from a leadership standpoint? They sure do, because anytime you look at human behavior and really ultimately what we're all after is to change our own behaviors to give us the best opportunity to recognize an unsafe situation and not walk into it, to detect one that we're involved in and exit from it before it's an issue for us, and then to correct something. And associations have a role to play there in understanding that prevention can start with them having their own simple one-page plan for what they would encourage their members to do should they find themselves in an awkward situation. It starts with associations knowing that they have a crisis management protocol already in place. Um, I've spoken at length to people from Beverly Carter's foundation, who was the agent that was unfortunately kidnapped and killed a couple of years ago. Um, to some other local people that had issues. And the thing that catches everybody by surprise is when it happens, they are so ill-prepared to know what the first thing they have to do from an association or a brokerage level might be. And that first piece of information you need is what are those people's emergency contacts? Who are those people? And do we have their phone number? Do we even know the license plate of the agent's vehicle? And so very often associations and brokerages have not given thought to that and put their own safety protocols in place to know what they would do. Associations need to know what they would do for agents working at their office after hours. Do they have a plan for those agents, kind of like I do at my brokerage? And then also associations are are oftentimes the closest belly button to belly button contact that we have for agents and members on an individual working day. Sometimes agents see their membership in a board more often than they see their own broker. So they can be an important uh, enforcement and reinforcement perspective of leadership for us in getting individual agents to incorporate some of these new behaviors. Excellent. Okay. So what is this new safety committee focusing on going forward? How, what do you, where do you go from here? Well, we're going to kind of spring off the little bit of a splash we were able to make. And uh, Suzanne is helping us put together a poster contest for the association. So one of the things that people like to do, you know, realtors are by nature very competitive. And sometimes Mm -hmm. we can use that to our benefit to promote topics that we want to get better visibility for. So we made a few posters up for the uh, summer business meeting. We had a little bit of a splash. We went to the AEs, we gave them seven or eight topics that they could pick from and then opened the door for any other topic for a safety poster contest, just to get some conversation going about safety in the different membership levels. And so that contest will take place through now through about the end of August. We'll have some um, entries to be able to judge at the convention in September. 
And that safety poster, I believe, should be something that we focus on as a committee and use to springboard into conversations in the coming year. We're also going to be getting deep into the weeds in reinforcing our logo, which is be safe. And that is be smart, be alert, be focused, and be educated. And each thing that we do, whether it's training that we offer or behavioral um, tools and techniques that we offer or safety apps for your phone or hard tools like pepper spray or taser flashlights, each thing that we do is going to be tied back to that strategy so that our members and our agents will understand and know exactly what we're asking them to do to try to be safer on the job. Excellent. Uh, Suzanne, did you have anything you wanted to add? I know you've been working closely with Kathy uh, in, in this committee and, and kind of getting this uh, off the ground. Uh, what's been your experience as, as you've uh, kind of dealt with this? Well, um, I mean, getting the safety tips out to everyone, that was one of our first kind of action items um, as a committee to get those tips in front of people so that they are able to um, you know, to acknowledge things that maybe they've thought about, but maybe not. Maybe, you know, I'm looking at like the newest one right here, like dress appropriately. Um, you know, if you are in a rural area to, um, you know, wear thick, tall boots and long pants to protect your legs. So things that kind of common sense, but also, yeah. um, you know, people sometimes may not think about. Um, and then also the packets that we had put together. I know they weren't um, really mentioned in this call, but um, those are on our website. So if anyone is interested, either an individual realtor or um, you know the association or broker, we do have um, both of those packets available that have um, all the content needed um, to create you know, that safety culture. Yeah, and you mentioned the website. That's a great reminder. So if you if you go to visit kyrealtors.com and hover over the members tab, uh, you will see uh, a link there, a menu item called safety information. And that will have information, I believe, about the uh, contest that was mentioned, uh, the safety tips, and uh, you know all kinds of, uh, of different things and upcoming events and, and you know things that maybe uh, the safety plan, things that associations can use, brokerages can use uh, to keep safety kind of at the forefront and, and be thinking about that. Um, well, Kathy, I, I really appreciate your passion uh, and your expertise, uh, as you mentioned, from your former life and using that to help realtors and others think about safety and make that part of their culture. Because I think ultimately what we want to see is realtors sharing stories like you did about red flags that were caught and situations that were avoided rather than tragic events that happened and the after effects of those. We want to hear those thwarted uh, opportunities rather than uh, some horrible uh, stories. So uh, we can maybe kind of shift that balance over and, and get uh, and get people really thinking about their personal safety and, and things that they need to be doing uh, to make sure that, you know, at the end of the day, uh, they clock out and go home safely and all that. So thank you for your passion and, and, and doing what you do in a leadership role. Yes, thank Welcome, you. Paul. And, and like you said, one of our future goals is to have a safety incident reporting system, but we can start that by just saying, if you see something, say something. 
And educated realtors, experienced realtors need to be mentoring some of our rookies along so that they understand what a red flag looks like. Because when you're brand new in the business, it doesn't always occur to you. Absolutely. Well, well, ladies, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Um, uh, listeners, visit the website uh, for information on safety and uh, all kinds of other stuff that the State Association is doing for you. We appreciate you listening in to the KYR podcast, and we will catch you next time. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you.